About five years ago, when I was 50, I realized something. I wasn't ready for retirement. I'd started saving for retirement in my 20s. That wasn't the problem. What I didn't know was whether my wife and I were on track to retire the way we wanted. This is my wife, Teresa. Hi. So we went to a financial planner armed with questions. We had two ideas, one an early retirement, one a phase later retirement, and um, that's what we took to the planner. And what did he tell us? Well, he told us that actually in some ways we could meet both of our needs, that I could retire at, at 62 as long as I kept earning an income every year afterwards, a small income, which is what I plan to do. And I think he built into that you could retire at, at 65 if you wanted to, or, or later, you could work as long as you wanted. Right, and did you think there was value in that in terms of peace of mind about knowing that the future will work out the way you hope and you want it to? I did, and I also thought it was useful for you and I to have conversations about our financial plan between now and the time that both of us Yeah, retire. that's true. Can you imagine that we waited till like we were like both were in the age of 60 and then we had this discussion and we didn't know if we had enough for you to retire at 62 in two years and then do you think that would have caused a lot of friction? For sure. It would have between us, absolutely. And even in just the way I plan my uh, career trajectory over the next little while. Retirement-wise, your 20s, 30s, and 40s are about putting money away for the future. At 50, you start the long walk down the plank toward retirement. 50 is a major milestone for people. It's a very big number, and, and it makes people think about the passage of time. Today on Looking Ahead, the retirementality, we're in the home stretch. All of that after this message from our sponsor. How old will you be when you retire? Where will you live? And what should you do with your money? Defining your retirement can help you build a personalized investment plan. And iShares can help. Get inspired to build by visiting iShares.ca. iShares by BlackRock. Ron, I'm, I'm 55, and I think... No, I, you're not. You don't look a, a day over 45. Thank you. All this gray hair accumulating, it's, it's, uh, it's starting to change that. Rona Bierenbaum has been in financial planning for 27 years. She's the founder of Caring for Clients. She also co-founded ViviPlant, a lower-cost online-based financial planning service. Now, I got serious about retirement probably a few years ago. I thought, okay, I need to get a financial plan. I've been you know, investing and that's sort of taken care of. But based on your experience, your years of dealing with people, what is the age when the light bulb goes on and th- people think, okay, now I need to get serious? Okay, so anecdotally, I thought there is something magical about the age 50. Okay, 50 is a major milestone for people. It's a very big number, and, and it makes people think about the passage of time. And just this morning, I double-checked, and I saw that the clients that have come through ViviPlan and identified retirement planning as their number one priority, the average age is 51. Do you think 50 is an okay age to get serious about it, or should it actually come sooner than that? Sooner is better. Always sooner is better. But 50 is better than 60, is what I would say. And up until that age, it's sometimes hard for people to get motivated because they're so focused on just dealing with the immediate priorities, the mortgage, raising the kids, uh, you know, paying the bills, those kinds of things. And so for many people, it's hard enough just to deal with those financial matters than to now start thinking about something that's 15 or 20 years out. But as you know, Rob, the sooner you plan, the earlier whatever goal you set can be achieved. 
Now, I saved for years for retirement, and then I realized I still didn't know a lot of nitty-gritty things, like how much retirement income am I going to have? Like, what's a feasible age to retire at? And so I went and saw a financial planner, but it made me realize, I wonder if a lot of people are, were like me in thinking it's mostly about the investments. Retirement is about retirement investing. Now, one of the segments of this podcast was devoted in large part to retirement investing, but I want you to talk to me about the importance of the planning side of things. What questions can you answer for people as a planner about retirement? One of the most important things are, are identifying what are your cash flow needs going to be? It's not about the income you're going to generate. It's about how much cash flow you're going to have. Income changes in retirement. You know, it depends on the source of income that you have. Some people have pensions. Some people have large CPP benefits. Some have very little. And so the amount of money that one needs to accumulate has to do with how much do you want to spend in retirement and what are your other sources of income and cash flow going to be. It is a fairly kind of complex calculation. And so the the income piece is just kind of one aspect of that. I've been hearing more and more in the last couple of years about high earning 50-somethings. They're living the good life. They've got a big house. They've got a couple of German cars in the driveway. They're taking two nice vacations a year and they're not saving enough for retirement. It's not that they're not saving for retirement. They are, but they're not saving enough to keep up this rich lifestyle that they're leading in retirement. Do you see any of that? Do you see um, an issue with people who are saving for retirement, but not enough to give them the lifestyle that they're, that they're used to? We see that a lot. And those are tough conversations to have uh, because when we provide the feedback that the lifestyle is not sustainable long term. There are difficult decisions to be made. And those decisions are around, do we adjust our lifestyle now? Do we work longer? Do we accept a lifestyle in retirement that we weren't hoping for? And it also leads to sometimes conflict in relationships because you know one spouse might look at the other and say, well, see, I told you we were spending too much. And, and the other one says, you worry too much. And so when that comes up, it, it makes for, I think, a fairly challenging dynamic. But that's where a really great planner can make all the difference. Lots of people are saying, I don't want to retire. And when they say that, it usually means that they don't want to stop uh, contributing using all of the skills and abilities that they have. So they want to keep working, they want to stay engaged, but what retirement really means now is the concept of financial independence. Having a choice as to whether you want to work for money or not, or for how much money. Uh, And so that's what's changed. It's not the sitting on a porch, rocking on a chair and reading a book anymore. Retirement, the concept of it is way more active and way longer than it ever used to be. I find it really interesting that you mentioned that because I'm finding two distinct strains out there. There are the people who want to bail early. Mm. They want to get out of the workforce as quickly as possible. And that's led to this, the FIRE phenomenon, financial independence, retire early. And yet you're telling me that there are people who want to sort of prolong the process. They want to take a long, slow glide out of the workforce and into retirement. What's the mindset of the two groups, do you think? I would say the majority are fall into that category of that long, slow glide. And, uh, and that's, I think, largely because they have financial commitments that require that to be their reality. They have families that they're still raising uh, and children that they want to support longer term. And they also have lifestyle aspirations that demand that they continue to earn money for longer. Uh, the younger set that you 
describe are a much smaller percentage, and they have a very different mindset and values than the, uh, the older group. And they view life very differently, a lot less about consumption and image and, uh, and more about life experiences. Uh, and so for them, it's really just how quickly can I be completely in charge of my life? In order to do that, sometimes requires a very, very different lifestyle and different mindset. Yeah, that's a good insight. I find younger people, and that's primarily who are interested in this mm-hmm. financial independence, retire early, this FIRE phenomenon, I find that they take a different view on retirement and on financial independence. They seem to want to get out of the rat race much quicker, whereas the people you're talking about who want to retire on a sort of phased basis, they enjoy it. It's their lifeblood, and they're not prepared to just bail on it at, say, age you know, 55 or 60. And I'll add to that, the individuals looking at retirement now at 50 and 60, those people spent their lives defining themselves by what they did for a living. So actually extracting themselves from that is a challenging thing to do. Who am I if I'm not a engineer, lawyer, whatever the case may be, teacher? And so uh, it's not just the financial reality of can I afford to retire, but what will I do after I retire? And what does that mean for me and my life and what I represent in the world? What's keeping people awake at night in regard to their retirement? Two things, I think. Uh, One is actually career-related. And that's keeping them up at night because the majority of Canadians in their late 40s, early 50s are not feeling that they have job security. And they know that the income side of the equation for them is a key component to them having future retirement security. So their career stability and their career trajectory is a big concern for them. And then secondarily, but related, is will they have enough to retire? When can they retire? Uh, And will their money last for the rest of their lives? When we're back, Rona and I get down to solid numbers. How much of your salary are you going to have to put away if you're starting to save in your 50s? And if you've got a house, are you set for retirement? Well, that's an easy one, says Rona. No, you're not. You're set for housing. That's after a quick break from our sponsor. How old will you be when you retire? Where will you live? And how will you spend your time? Defining your retirement can help you build a personalized investment plan and iShares Core ETFs can help. They're a simple, low-cost way to build a solid foundation for your portfolio and can help make your retirement goals a reality. And iShares is powered by BlackRock, trusted to manage more money for investors than any other firm in the world. Get inspired to build by visiting iShares.ca. iShares by BlackRock. iShares ETFs are managed by BlackRock Asset Management Canada Limited. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with investing in iShares ETFs. Please read the relevant prospectus before investing. The funds are not guaranteed, their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. Tax, investment, and all other decisions should be made, as appropriate, only with guidance from a qualified professional. How old are your oldest clients? Well, my oldest client just passed away at age 97. Oh. Um, I've got a number of clients in their early 90s and many clients in their mid to late 80s because they were in their 60s when I met them. And so I've got a lot of long-lived clients. I'm getting serious about saving for retirement. I'm age 50-odd. 
what is a good rule of thumb about a percentage of my take-home pay that I should be saving? It should be the amount that is required to get you the retirement cash flow that you need. Okay, so in the plans that you're creating, Mm -hmm. what typically would be that percentage? Well, it, it varies because if you hadn't saved at all, Rob, it would be a very, very big percentage. Lay it out for me. So I would say that, um, you know, somebody who's 50, 55, again, it depends on their income. But if they hadn't been saving, say, 5 to 10% of their income right since the beginning, then they're in serious catch-up mode, and they would be looking at saving something like 20 to 25% of their income or more. And maybe combining that with realizing on some of their home equity down the road to fill in the gaps at the end of the day. Is 5 to 10 over the decades a sustainable and effective way to save enough? Or do you need to ratchet that up as you get older? I would say that, you know, for individuals where I've seen that they're saving 5 to 10% and sometimes along the way getting some company matching and group plans and they're increasing that 5 to 10% with salary increases along the way, that will get them where they need to be in the most at most times because okay. they're spending the difference and they, they've got a manageable lifestyle. I like that because it's encouraging. Uh, you know, so often we're bludgeoning people with big percentages. You must save this. You must save 10%. Oh, 10 is not enough anymore. It has to be 15. It has to be 20. It's like they just throw up their hands and walk away. Yeah, I mean, that can be very discouraging. Uh, it's almost, there's no point. Uh, and uh, you'd be surprised at, you know, the power of compound interest is a very powerful thing once you see it in action. What are some of the new rules of retirement that you think are different from what was the norm 20 to 30 years ago? The biggest and most important one is that it's long. Retirement is a long, long phase in one life in one's life I you know when when I think when the CPP decided that 65 was going to be the the retirement age people lived on average seven years after they retired that doesn't apply anymore so the rule of retirement is understand that it's going to be a very long period of time and that's why planning is so so key and I think one of the other rules of retirement is unrelated to money and that is take care of your health because you will feel more alive when you retire than you anticipated when you're 30. 65 sounds old when you're 30. When you're 65, you will still have the mind of a 25-year-old, and you will want to live as fully as you did back then. Know that you're going to feel really young when you're 65, 70, and 75, and you got to plan for that. One of the things I think is the biggest change in retirement in the last let's say 10 years, is this sandwich phenomenon of people uh, who are entering the retirement years and they may be providing some degree of financial support to adult kids, but they've also got parents because we're talking about people living longer and often retirees have parents who are still alive and some of them may require, you know, some degree of financial assistance. Um, To what extent in a financial plan today for a 55-year-old who is looking ahead, do you have to say, wait a second, now we have to factor into your plan not just spending on vacations and golf club memberships and activities, et cetera, but support for uh, your kids. You have a few kids. What might help might they need and your parents? How, how, how important is that in your planning? These are essential questions to ask. We always ask, so tell us about your parents. How old are they? Is there a chance you may need to help them in the future? 
And conversely, is there a chance you're going to be getting an inheritance in the future? We don't like to bank on that, but it's just as important to question. And sometimes uh, the, the answer is I have no idea what my parents' financial position is. And so one of our pieces of advice is to find a way for them to start to engage in those conversations uh, because you don't want any surprises at the end of the day with your parents on your doorstep that you weren't expecting. You know, but at the same time, we're also seeing our clients encouraging their parents to spend because the older generation often had difficulty spending. And so they actually ask us to tell their parents that it's okay for their parents to spend their inheritance. Let's talk a bit about the role of housing in your retirement plan. Um, If I've got a house that's appreciated a lot in value, am I set for retirement? No, you're not. You're set for housing. But what you have is you have uh, equity, assuming it's a, it's a debt-free property. You have equity that can help you in retirement. It's just equity that you can't eat. It's not cash you can spend. It's illiquid. So uh, the advantage of having a paid-off home in retirement is that you can more comfortably spend the liquid capital that you have to a certain point in your life, 75, 80, 85, knowing that you have the equity in your home that can take you through to that 90 or 95 if you're long-lived. But for it to completely bail out your retirement, uh, that really is only a viable scenario if you have a very valuable property in a major city and you downsize and move to a less expensive city where your cost of housing is much lower and therefore you have a whole lot of money left over that you can spend. So I told you I'm 55 and we've just talked about downsizing. So that's something my wife and I are starting to talk about. And one of the issues is should we buy a smaller place or should we rent? What are your thoughts on that choice? Well, I would suggest that you do the math, for one, because that's part of it. If, if you're thinking, is it a better financial decision, that, that's really just a matter of scenario building. Uh, but housing is often a very personal, emotional decision. So if you don't have to downsize financially and you enjoy your home, and I don't know your family situation, Rob, but if you have children and maybe grandchildren one day and you want to have everybody back to the house for family get-togethers, I, I, I like the idea of staying in the home that you have. Plus, housing transactions, you know, the transaction costs associated with selling and buying real estate, that's high. So if you can avoid that, that would be great. Um, but if you're going to need the liquidity sooner rather than later... Selling and renting makes sense, but you better be very, very cautious about the amount of rent, the size of rent that you commit to, because you want to make sure that the equity in the home will sustain that level of rent for the rest of your life. One of the old retirement savings rules was to pay off your mortgage in your 50s and use that money to save for retirement. Are people still doing this, or are they finding that they're carrying their mortgage later and there just isn't that money there to to put into retirement? That was an old rule of thumb, and it made a whole lot of sense when mortgages were much smaller than they are today. And frankly, for the last 20 years or so, that's not been what I've been recommending to clients, even though many of them said, I want to get rid of that mortgage and then I'm going to save. I've always been fearful of the the risk that once the mortgage is paid, that savings won't happen. Mm. And so I've always recommended a balanced approach, which is respect your RSP maximums to the degree you can, you have any excess, pay down the mortgage. And, And that way you are going to end up mortgage-free and with a really beautiful nest egg. Want a great retirement? Start saving in your 20s and 30s and then start planning in your 50s. A retirement plan for 50-somethings? Save hard, 
keep your lifestyle spending down and get answers to questions like whether you're saving enough. Thanks to Rona Bierenbaum for speaking with us. Rona is the founder of Caring for Clients. She also co-founded Viviplant, a lower-cost, online-based financial planning service. Before I sign off on the third and final installment in the Retire Mentality podcast, I want to leave you with some thoughts. They're from a recent report by securities regulators on how to encourage people to plan for retirement. The report says the problem with retirement planning is that it's hard to start, easy to put off, and easy to get overwhelmed and drop out. I hope this podcast has inspired you to get into the retire mentality and start planning your retirement. It's the end of this special series, but if you want to talk more about retirement or anything else to do with money, I'm always here. You can read my column in the Globe and Mail or my email newsletter, and I'm at rcarrick on Twitter and Facebook. Retirementality is produced by Kasia Mihailovich. We record at Studio 351 in Toronto with the help of Timothy Moore. Thanks to executive producers Stephanie Chan, Katrina Bolak, and Sean Stanley. I'm Rob Carrick. Thanks for listening.